Hello there and welcome to a different edition, should we say, of Full Steam Ahead. We're on episode 14 and it's run relatively smoothly until today. Um, as you might have been able to hear, I'm alone. It's just me. It's just Flat Cap. It's just Isaac. There is no Ben. So I've been trusted with quite a lot of power here and I don't really know how to feel about it. Um, I'm coming to you kind of post-recording. Um, we've recorded the main section, but I'm currently editing this, and I've just got to say, big shout-out to Ben, and we miss you a lot, and we can't wait to have you back next week. I just also want to say from everyone at Full Steam Ahead and everyone at AFC Crew, a big congratulations. Uh, we received the news that Ben got engaged this week, so congratulations to you. So, moving on to today's podcast, we have a special guest for you later, but we also have two other special guests on a bit earlier. Unfortunately, this Saturday's game for AFC Crew was not televised. It was not on the VO uh, due to some technical issues. So, we decided to bring two people that were there on the day on the podcast to give you the rundown and then have a bit of a discussion afterwards as well, because why not? We get all the content we can here at Full Steam ahead. So, just a quick rundown of Saturday. AFC Crew played against Keel University first team, and I've got to say we went into this game with, I mean, no real expectations because this is a team that haven't played a game yet, as we've touched on. But we went in three-one at half time, six-one at full time, and that result is to the good. It's to AFC Crew, and that's three points. Our first three points in three weeks now, but it's still three points, and we're going to take that into next week's game, which is going to be a big one. It's the first one back at home for a good few weeks, and we've got our special family day. So my advice really is if you're around the Allsager area, or to be fair, if you're anywhere and can get to Allsager on Saturday, I would get yourself down. The day is running from 11 o'clock. So if you can come down, enjoy the day. We've got football from 2 o'clock. We've got loads of things going on. We've got penalty shootouts. We've got stalls. You can get yourself pizza, maybe a pie if you're early enough. Um, there's a bar that is uh, fully licensed, so we can get you all the drinks you'd like for the day. And as I said, there'll be a very good football match on. Uh, so AFC Crew take on War Strange Wanderers. That's at 2 o'clock. That's at Old Sager at Wood Park. Get yourself down Saturday the 30th, which is tomorrow as this is released. So we'll move on to talk about Saturday's um, fixture that we that we did win 6-1 in a few minutes with the aforementioned guests. But I want to move on to the women's game. And we won. It was our first official league fixture that's gone through the full 90 minutes. And yeah, 1-0. And again, this was one of the most tense games I think I've ever witnessed. I was um, not on a seat, but if I was, I can tell you I would have been on the edge of it. Um, yeah. Still, just, just thinking about it, there, there was um, a, a memorable moment, and hopefully you've all seen this memorable moment by now. It was Katie King's sensational outside-of-the-box strike to put us 1-0 up in the 81st minute, I believe, and that won us the game. I've got to say, I don't think anyone expected that um, to be taken as, as well as it was but just the angle the way it went into the net the, the power the precision it was one of the most perfect goals I think I've ever seen in my life um, it was a very close game all credit to Macclesfield Town who uh, hosted us and yeah it, it was a very tough game because they seemed like a very uh, bend but don't break type of team especially with the defense um, we got through several times unfortunately there were a few calls that went uh, against us uh, potentially a call for a penalty early on, th which was given as a free kick. Um, uh, an offside call for uh, a goal from Key, which, again, on the sideline and looking back on the VO, didn't look offside. But the call from the ref, the call on the day is what stands. And luckily we went and, and scored a goal. And that can't have been uh, chalked down as offside or anything like that. It was just a very, very nicely taken goal. And we came away with three points. Uh, so with the um, the winning team, we are going into a bye week almost. Uh, no football for the women next Sunday. But then we'll be back this Sunday after we win another fixture. 
So looking at the table, I mean, if Macclesfield Town team that we played, I'd just drawn against Nantwich, who were a team that we all kind of expect to be up there come the end of the season. So a win there definitely gives us some confidence going ahead and hopefully soon we'll have more of the women's players to come and talk us through that. Maybe a sneak peek of later, we may have a staff member from the women's team. Um, so hold your horses to that and we will definitely discuss more about that team. But just before we go on to our special guest, I have got my favourite segment. It's the non-league game of the week. And we are going to do it a bit differently this week because, as I said, it's just me. There's no rules. It is party time. And it's party time at one place, and that one place is Wood Park. So, as I've already mentioned, get yourself down there from 11 o'clock on Saturday, the 30th of September. We have loads of stores, loads of activities, raffles, prizes to be won. We have everything you could want from a day out in, hopefully, what will be a sunny old stager. Uh, if you have any questions or queries, please don't hesitate to get um, any questions in to our Instagram page, which is at full steam ahead pod, or contact anyone at the AFC crew social media pages as well. Uh, me and Ben will both be there, and we'll both be very excited to meet any of you that will be coming down for the first time. However, I will talk about a non-league game that did happen this weekend, and it's a bit of an odd game. So it is Walton and Hersham, which is a team that kind of got renowned for having some of the youngest owners uh, in English football. And they played a game yesterday as a recording, which was Tuesday. And this game was nil-nil until the 92nd minute. And within the space of seven minutes, Walton and Hersham went 2-0 down. And then, well, that was by the 93rd minute, two goals in two minutes for their opponents. Um, which was Chesham United. And then, you know, Walton and Hersham decided to spark back up with a 95th minute goal and a 99th minute goal to bring the game level, which was obviously full time. That just shows the magic of football. But again, we've not got a non league game for this weekend because the only non league game I can talk about is AFC Crew against Wall Strange Wanderers. So get yourself down to it. And now we've got to welcome Andy and Chris back to the podcast. Okay, so we've got two very special guests on this segment of the podcast. We're having a bit of a round table discussion. These two have already been on the podcast once, but they just couldn't stay away. So we've got El Skip, Christian Holt, and Mr. Match Days, Andy Baker. Welcome again, you two. Cheers, folk. Well, we're back once again. We are. So, unfortunately, as you may be aware, we've had no video this weekend, but we did have a game, and as I've mentioned, it was a very good result. Chris Holt scored two. What on earth is going on with the world? So, welcome to talk about that game today. So, Andy, you were there. Um, you were watching it all. Um, what were your thoughts, first and foremost? And take us through the game, please. Uh, it, was, it was an interesting one, really. Um, I was trying to set the video up. The other team didn't seem very organised. Um, I think it was about half past and they'd still not come out to warm up, so it wasn't very professional in that, that sense of things. Um, you know, our team were out fresh, really, really, really energetic warm-up, which was really good to see. Um, the, you know, you could just just get that vibe that we were up for it, really. Brilliant. So, in the first half, uh, we were 3-1 up by half-time. What was really the story of the first half, or was it a tale of two halves, in your opinion? Um, I think it's an agree to disagree. I think, personally, we played a lot better in the second half than the first. After having conversations with Chris, he thinks the first half was better than the second. So, it was an interesting one again. Um, I just didn't feel as though we, we were gelled enough in that first half. There were, there were mistakes, there were bickering. It wasn't anything major and anything red flagged, but it was just an observation from the sidelines. Don't get me wrong, we still dominated possession and things like that. And absolutely, AFC crew were top. Um, they they didn't present any threat to us at all. And at no point throughout that game was I concerned that we were not going to bring the points home, really. So, in your opinion, then, uh, did anything seem to change in the second half? Or was it just um, we've come out of our shell more and got more um, on the game? 
Yeah, I mean, um, Gary um, is very, very, very good at his half-time talks. Take that as you may. Um, so, because of the distance between the changing rooms and the field, everyone stayed out on the pitch, so they both went to different corners. Um, Gary had a few words with the lads and set some expectations for the second half, and I feel as though... Um, Hopefully I don't eat my words, which I'm sure I will. Um, the, the second half was probably the best half of football I have seen AFC crew play. I will, um, I'll believe you on that. Obviously, I didn't see the game myself. Um, Chris, how about you talk us through? And, uh, first of all, talk us through your two goals, please. Um, yeah, so the first one, obviously, free kick. Uh, to be fair, I got lucky with it, really. There was a foul probably on the edge of the centre circle. Um, and I've just put it down. The centre-halves have gone up. Marshy's ran past me and gone, right, make sure you stick this on the back post for me. So I'm like, yeah, sweet. I put the ball down and the referee's like 15 yards further forward. And I was like, ref, is it on you? And he was like, yeah, yeah, bring it forward. So he got it massively wrong, but it was still like a good 30 yards. And I just thought, you know what? Test the keeper see what he's about um, and I could see with the way he put his wall out that he was going to try and cheat straight away and go as if I was going to go around the wall so I just decided to whip it the other side and stick it in the keeper's side and luckily he couldn't get back to get across it uh, the second one the game was already won um, we've just kept the ball knocked it about we dragged them out a bit and then Kyle went through and it was just a case of backing him up, really, in case the keeper saved it, which he did. It just bounced to me on the edge of the box and had an open net just to slot it in. So, yeah, happy with that one. It's a bit of a, a bit of a gimme. Well, it's not how you score them, it's what you score them. And uh, we will say that about the second one, not quite the first, because um, we know what your free kicks can be like. I want to see a, a comment from you on those, because it seems like you've got a bit of competition now. I'm assuming you've seen the um, strike from Casey on Sunday. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, it was a great finish as well. To be f- and I'd probably say it was probably better. Like It's won the game for him. It was more important. Um, obviously, we were only 2-1 up when I scored mine, but it doesn't really matter, does it? She scored the winner, so fair play to her. Like, it's a great finish, and I'm glad they got the three points. I know as of recording this, you have had training this week um, and there will have been words and there will be kind of expectations set for this weekend. Obviously, um, the team that you're playing, Warstones, are quite similar to us in league positioning. Uh, we played one less game than us. Um, we have one more win, but other than that, it's pretty even. Uh, what do you think the atmosphere is like weather for Saturday? Um, what are the lads thinking? What's the, uh, the goal, really? Well, you touched on training there. Uh, obviously, we trained Tuesday night. Um, and for me, I'm probably the most of the lads. It was probably the best session that we've had. Um, everyone was in good spirits. I think everyone's full of confidence from the result at weekend. Um, the intensity and the tempo of the session is probably the best it's been. Uh, and that's not just from people that were involved on Saturday. That was everybody who was at the session. Um, it was a really good session. We worked on how we want to play, pressing, uh, possession games, stuff like that. And then we got into like small-sided games at the end, but like quick tempo, but keeping it competitive. I know it's training, but it is easy to take your foot off the gas. But we we do game. We did a game where there was like two teams on and a team on the outside, and you could bounce it off them. And then if you scored two, the other team was off. So it's it still had that competitive feel to it, and the lads all want to win and it's good to show that desire to want to win no matter the scenario so yeah um tuesday's session was brilliant and then obviously i think having the media media day coming up um everyone's dying to be in the squad so everyone really did want to impress obviously it's something that has been talked about for weeks if not months knowing that it's coming up so we know how big of a day it is for the club. Uh, probably the biggest day in the club's small history, isn't it, really? Um, so, yeah, we're all really looking forward to it. We want to put on a good performance, get the three points. It'll be good to see like new faces as well. Obviously, I know people do travel from far and wide and some people haven't been able to come yet, but 
to have as many board members there as is possible. It'll be brilliant to uh, introduce ourselves and put faces to names because, you know, we're all in the Discord and stuff, but to be able to have a chat with them all after the game and thank them for what they do for the club, like that they're just as important as us really, aren't they? So it'll be good to Definitely. mingle around them and uh, have a pint with them after a nice three points. Well, I've heard that there's a, a very, very lucky guest that day, someone who will be getting Charlie Burgess's glove. Why don't you talk to us <laughs> through that story, please? Uh, I was just, do you know what, I'd just finished work and I was just bored and I thought, how can I wind him up? Um, uh, yeah, so I sent him a message off my work phone pretending to be uh, someone's dad and that we could that I'd love a birthday recording from uh, Charlie and it'd make his day and all sorts. And then, to be fair, I was just happy with the message, but then he started telling me that he's going to give me his gloves and boots and all sorts. So I thought, I'm going to get him good here. So I just said, if you could send a birthday message... Um, and maybe like hold up the signed gloves or something like that. It'll make him, it'll make his day. <laughs> and then I thought he was bottling it because he was watching the Uddersfield game. So I had to go along with it as if I was watching the game. So I was like, yeah, no worries. Just do it at full time. So he's messaging me on my uh, normal phone going, oh God, I've recorded this about 10 times and all this. <laughs> and I, I was like, oh, it'll be right. Just send whatever. And then obviously you've all seen the... Uh, clip now it was brilliant the lads all uh were laughing uh yeah it was a good it was a good one but i have no doubts he'll get me back <laughs> i know he's already planning on that uh, okay so last big question before we get into more of the round table discuss uh, discussion uh andy what's your kind of big expectation or last big statement really before saturday's um whirlwind of a day what i can imagine it'll be um i think the expectation for myself it's just that we're we're consistent. Um, I think, you know, what watching how the the lads performed in that second half with the communication, the the teamwork, everyone was running for each other. I think we just need to people need to ignore the fact that people are are, are going to be there watching and you know take the focus off what's happening off the pitch, and ultimately just focus on what's happening on the pitch. Um, and you know, nothing less than three points really. And I want Chris Alty to score an absolute worldie for the cameras. <laughs> well, I know he put a show on when German TV came round, so maybe now we've got the uh, media day, you can do the, the same again. Um, so now I want to really open it up to a roundtable discussion, and I know, Andy, you've got some things you want to ask away, so um, please go ahead. Yeah, so my, my first open question, Chris, is I want you to describe, so I want you to take an attribute of a header a touch, a team player, and a striker, and pick your four best players from them key things? Uh, heading, I'll have to go Marshy. Obviously, we know whenever it goes long, he usually wins everything in the air. And if you see him in training, he's actually quite good in the air when it comes to attacking as well. Um don't want to give too much away about set pieces in case other people are listening, but he uh, certainly knows where the net is. So with heading, I'll go with Marshy. He does tell us he's going to get five this season. <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. Um, touch, I would definitely have to say as McGrath. Um, I've yeah. never played with anybody who's got the level of technical ability that he's got. He's like no matter what level it's been at, like he's he is a wizard with his feet. He's ridiculous. Like you just even in training, you just can't get the ball off him. He's just clever and he just drops his shoulder and he's gone. Yeah. Um what was the next one? Um so you've done header, you've done that. Who would you say is who's got the best right foot? So who's the best the best person to take a shot? To un- unleash a beauty at the, the keeper. Not including yourself, because we know you've got a good free kick, of course. Um, Finishing-wise, I would probably have to go Ross or Aiden. Um, both, the, well, I was about to say they don't score many screamers. They just score good finishes. But obviously, Ross scored the uh, absolute worldy a couple of games back. But yeah, definitely in front of goal, anything that falls to either of them two. 
um, and he, and Hanane as well. Hanane's shown in training, and he's also shown in a few of the games that he knows where the net is. But for me, the best finisher at the club's definitely Ross. Okay, um, another question, and I've always wanted to know the answer to this one. So, obviously, when you started your AFC crew journey, um, we were in the Cheshire division. Um, there was two teams, so there was the main team, and then I had the re- the reserves team. Now, how did you find the transition from to from Billy to to Gary and the standards now? So, the standards from Cheshire division to you know now being in the pyramid, so to speak, with the difference in referees, liners. Um, the technical ability of some of the teams we've played against. How do you find that? I think last season, it. I don't, see, I don't want to go into too much detail, but there wasn't, standards weren't really set. It was kind of like we knew we were going to turn up no matter what we did. We'd, we've got a 95% chance of winning the game because of what we've got yeah. like, on the pitch. where we, And it meant that pre-match was never brilliant. Like, there was times where kits would turn up 15 minutes before kickoff. Um, there was times where we'd get to a game and the pit, like we wouldn't even know what pitch we were playing on. Um, but yeah, this season the standards everywhere. Training is miles better. Like the gaffer knows how he wants to play, um, it, and it makes it very clear that what he wants from us as players. Um, he has us there an hour and 20, and if not an hour and a half before kickoff, so we can go through stuff and do a proper warm-up. And it, everybody knows exactly what's expected of them, like the set pieces that go up on the board in the changing rooms. Right? So it, it, you haven't got a leg to stand on. If you're not doing it, you, you haven't got an excuse. He doesn't leave any stone unturned in that department kind of thing. Um, and obviously last season we had bloody Liam running the line, other opposition like coaches and stuff running the line. So there was some questionable decisions. So obviously having two lineos and a ref that it knows what he's doing this season, it's uh, definitely been a lot easier to cope with. Yeah, I'd I'd have to agree with you on that one, Chris. I think. Um from my observations, you know, the likes of some of the referees from last season, um, I'm, I'm sure anyone who's, who's listening to this that watched last season would agree that the, the standard was pretty abysmal from some. Um, I, th- I think it's, you know, it, it's brought the game of football back. We'll go, we'll go back to that challenge that one of your lads stuck on me, should we? How, how <laughs> yeah. How he didn't get a jail sentence for that is beyond me. So, just just for the reference, uh, this was um, this was a challenge in the the last game of the season, which um, it was against my reserves team, and it was one of my players called Lee. Um, I didn't actually see the challenge as such. I just saw the aftermath photos, and it looks like um, he's trying to trying to audition for the next Jackie Chan movie, shall we say? <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't a good one. I mean, um, but no, it was. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a good standard that we're at now. Um, how do how do you feel? Are you happy to be back home? Obviously, we've been away for the last three weeks. Are you happy to be returning to the home pitch this weekend? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we we don't really fear anyone in the league. Like, we don't really know much about anyone that we go and play. So it's kind of we just turn up wherever we're told and get the job done. Um, obviously, this weekend is different to usual as we've got the media day, so we're expecting a big crowd. The lads are all buzzing to be playing in front of, well, we're hoping for a big crowd. Um, and obviously, the home advantage, having all the, all the board there and fans and stuff behind us, like it'll be a big help. Yeah, yeah. Andy, no, I definitely. Wanna, I'd, I'd have to agree. I extend that question to you because... Um, Obviously, your role is massive on match days. You've had three nice uh, weekends away. How are you feeling about being back home? It'll be good. It'll certainly be good to get back into the routine again. Um, obviously, we've 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 gone through all the processes. Um, we've made sure that the uh, Dion, who works behind the bar, she she's raring to go. Obviously, you're raring to go with the car park attendant role. You know, we've gone through everything, so. I think now I just want to open them gates and get people through and watch that football. Um, 
and certainly celebrate where AFC crew started to where they are now. It's it's an absolute testimony to where we're going to be. I have absolutely no doubt at all that if we if we carry on the way we are, it's going to be one hell of a ride. And um, for the people that are listening, if you're not part of the journey, I would absolutely, absolutely tell you to to get on board. See, this this is the thing. I remember the um the first game that we played at Wood Park in the league. Um, me, you, and Liam just kind of had that moment <coughs> where we looked at each other, had a group hug, and was like, "This is it." Uh, I wonder how good that's going to feel on Saturday when we have a very similar moment and we're seeing a lot more faces. Um, I know we had such good attendance that first game as well, which we didn't expect, but with what we're planning really for Saturday, that's going to feel immense. Yeah, absolutely. I think it'll be nice to, first before most, it'll be nice to be at our home ground. Um, There's nothing quite like home. Um, I think, like you said, it'll be nice to get new board members down that haven't had chance to come to a game yet. Um, and certainly getting old faces down and getting getting everyone back together again. Um, yeah, I'm excited for it. It's, it's going to be really, really good. Hopefully the weather stays on side. Brilliant. Well, I think that's all we've got time for today, gents. I've got a, a thank you both uh, very much for coming on at last minute. Uh, obviously, I couldn't really talk too much about a game that I didn't see. Um, so thank you both for coming on and for having this discussion with me. Um, now we're over to today's special guest, and it's a man you've heard about before. Um, every single one of the women's team that have been on have massively, massively praised this man. So we're over to speak to him ourselves. It is the brilliant Charlie Vincent. And so as I've mentioned today and hinted, we've got a very special guest. We have got the director of football and a very, very, very key figure in getting the women's team of AFC crew off the ground. And I'm absolutely delighted to say I'm joined by Charlie Vincent. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me, bud. So, how are we today? Um, I'm uh, I'm recovering from an illness, but I mean, I'm I'm still happy to be here. I'm doing I'm not doing too bad. How are you doing? Not too bad. For any chances that illness, the shell shock of seeing such an amazing goal on Sunday. Exactly. That's that's precisely what it was. Katie King has put me in the hospital. I. Yeah, I can completely back that up. I nearly did a 10-minute segment earlier on in the podcast about that goal on its own. So um, I'm sure we'll come on to this weekend's game in a minute. So um, just to start off, why don't you give us a bit of background about yourself, both in AFC Crew and outside of AFC Crew? Um, <clears throat> I've been um, involved in football for about um, coming up to three years now. So I started when I was at university. I became a scout for a, for a men's team in the Valorama. Uh, National League North, near where I am, from Bradford, um, called Bradford Park Avenue. Um, and I basically was a scout for them who would do opposition reports, and I would look at um, teams that we were coming up against and, and best ways that we could break them down and where they're looking strong and, and different threats there. Um, and I had a mentor that's um, a quite a close family friend that I found out afterwards, and, and he sort of helped me through with the start of my career. Um, I then moved on to a team quite a bit further south near Birmingham called Banbury, which is in the same league. They just got promoted from the Northern Premier, um, well, south at the time, but they got moved into the north because of the way that the um, the geography of the leagues worked out. Um, and they ended up in the Vanarama National North with not a lot of idea about the teams that they were coming up against because they've never been against a lot of the teams there before. Um, so it was quite handy to have me up around the northern part of England who had some experience there already and um, gone to a pretty good finish there. They, um, Avoided relegation, which was what their their hopes were at the start of the season, and then I joined AFC Crew, um, and from there I sort of worked with um, a key group of guys um, in a scouting department, which started pretty much the same time that I joined, which was quite lucky for me. Um, working with people like Chris Tingey, who's the uh, head scout now, I think for the men's team, um, and and yeah, I moved into the director of football role just towards the end of the the last season that the that the men's won the the men's division um really good job i re- really enjoyed it um you know we brought some plays in like stelvio mario um and uh, like lee robinson the goalkeeper from last season and it was just a, a fantastic thing to be a part of obviously then with with gary taylor fletcher coming in it made my job a little bit less significant because i think he had a few more contacts than i did so i was more than happy to sort of step back there and, and let him take over from there on out 
Um, but then, yeah, that's that's led me to to take over the women's team um, sort of um, direction of where they're going, and and it's something that's that's just been going from one one uh, one step to another. Brilliant, and I think probably one of the biggest successes which helped this women's team kind of get off the ground was probably, I mean, the recruitment of all all the, the players for one because absolutely every single one of them is exceptional. But Chris Chris Stokes was. Uh, an absolutely sensational managerial appointment and I, I just want to ask really how you two work together because we see um, on the sidelines obviously you two sit together talking a lot and um, I'm on the other side doing crowd control so I don't really hear them conversations. Uh, <laughs> what's the uh, relationship like there? Yeah so Chris wasn't, um, I wish I could take credit for, for Chris but Chris was uh, signed on, well the decision was made by Alex Jennings and, and um and Gareth Jones, the, the co-chairman. So they were the ones that interviewed him. I was away at the time um, and from, from speaking to him. I mean, anyone that's been around him can see the experience that he brings and his demeanour and his work ethic is just it's just phenomenal. It's something so admirable about him. Um, so, um, yeah, being able to work alongside him, essentially it's just me basically doing whatever he tells me to do, but he's always he's fantastic um, to be a part of the club. Um, and um, working alongside him, um, I mean, you can see that the results that he's been able to bring, the quality that we've been coming up against, the players that are going to be possibly coming into the squad that are a direct result of, of him being a part of the club um, and and the wealth of experience in, in not just football, but women's football as well is um, really positive. And when we were looking at, at managers, the, the women's football team, before we'd even played a game, sort of behind the scenes has been a work in progress for 10 or 11 months now and it was a lot of work and Chris has only come in within the last couple of months so to be able to hand over those reins to someone was something that I mean I'm not embarrassed to admit about I was very scared of doing it because I didn't want to give it to someone that I didn't think would be able to to make the most of it and, and Chris has just gone beyond any expectations we had of, of any manager whatsoever so, so to have him in the seat is, is just phenomenal. That's brilliant. And um, one thing that I've noticed is, um, I know Chris is a goalkeeping coach. You've almost taken on that role with um, Alice and Izzy. And um, if anyone sees, this is obviously before the video goes up, uh, Charlie goes up and does a lot of the um, the goalkeeper training before the game. Have you found that kind of coaching role? Because I'm assuming that's new for you. Yeah, so I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm a goalkeeping coach by any stretch of the imagination. I, I warm them up and even then I, I speak, through, uh, speak to Chris quite in depth before anything and just say look this is what I'm planning on doing is there anything else you want to add so even by the, the sort of second warm up game he was he was making well asking me to do things and, and add things in there apart from that it's just a lot of very straightforward drills that I'm doing but it's a really good opportunity for me to speak to the players before the game people like Izzy people like Alice and, and Poppy as well um, and, and it was really nice especially because I've obviously spent a lot of pre-season with Alice who joined the team originally as just a player that was going to be there and she won't. I hope she won't mind me saying that she was there as an emergency backup keeper because we had three keeps at the time. And I said to her, I said, Listen, I don't know what your game time is going to be. Um, but then she, in pre season, I'd never seen a player, she was one of the only players that hadn't seen play when we signed her. Um, because she was down in Birmingham, so I didn't get out to watch her when she was playing for university. Um, and she just she just blew us out of the water in every game that she's played since. Um, she's she's had a really strong performance, so being able to watch her confidence get up is is really good as well. Seeing um, Issy, who's become our vice captain, who again was we weren't sure about how her role was going to fit in because she's such a strong outfield player as well as a goalkeeper, and then obviously seeing Poppy as well when she came down. Um, being able to communicate with them all, speak to them, find out what their sort of ambitions are for the club, um, it's it's been really nice for me. So. Um, yeah, as I say, I won't say I'm a, I'm a coach as such, but I'm, I'm enjoying the role even even though I have been handed it. So the the role that, that kind of you've been put in most is, I'd say, recruitment, if you'd agree with that. Um, yeah, yeah. As you've said, you've been involved with recruitment for both the men's and women's team. Um, how about we talk about the uh, similarities and differences and obviously with the focus on the women's team, what that's involved? Yeah, the, the men's, well... <clears throat> It depends how you look at it. They both have a lot of positives to them. The men's is easier in terms of it's just so easy. The the, the database out there is so much sort of more populated than the women's, which is, I suppose, a, a negative. But for us, it's quite quite positive when we're on the men's side because 
I remember there was a, there was a week in in last season where we, we needed to get a goalkeeper, and I think um, Speed, our goalkeeper, had said that he wasn't going to play anymore, and we had about four days to get a keeper. And I went on Twitter, and in 15 minutes, I had the player's number, Lee Robinson. And I said, "Do you want to play for a team?" He said, "Yeah, where do you play?" I said, "We play at uh, Kings." <laughs> play at the Kings get uh, field, and he went, "Yeah, I'll send Georgie there." And um, and he was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll be there." And that were it. 15 minutes, we turned the keeper. Sorted everything out, got gave the number to, to Liam, the chairman, and then it was easy as that. It was all sorted. So, in terms of how easy it was to get, a, you know, men's players on board, it was it was just it was nothing work. In terms of the women's players, it's it's been more difficult, and it's one that a lot like over the last nine months or so, people have wanted to get involved in it, and I've been quite um, reserved and quiet about it. And it's not against any of the people that did want to get involved because a lot of the time it wasn't more work than we could handle but with the women's football it's it's a very daunting aspect to try and recruit any player to come to a team that didn't exist it wasn't in the leagues we you know it was just an idea at the time um and it needed a lot more of a, a sort of tactile approach because we're essentially some of the players that we've got on this team are our oldest player is 23 currently at the moment our youngest player is 15 as a trial she's going to be signing on when she's 16 and this is when you're messaging people that are in that sort of target group, it's something that you need to be very tactile about and something that we needed to make sure we did it in the right ways to not come across as overbearing or to come across as, you know, but I don't think anyone in the club would, would overbear, a, you know, a player anyway, but if they're getting messages from two or three different people, it can, you know, it can be quite a, a weird thing to, to sort of receive. So we have to be very careful about the way that we did it. And, and we did do, and we've got a phenomenal squad because of it. Um, but it, we also didn't put too much information out there because the way that we recruited the women's team was was different to how we recruit for the men's. Um, the women's team were all university players, so that involved me going out to watching Leeds, Becky at Lancaster, MNU, Edge Hill. Um, you know, we've, we, we've Salford, UCFB. We've seen about eight different university teams playing. Now I was travelling out to all of those and watching them, and then speaking to the players individually afterwards. And it's it was just something that we didn't want to get out just in case there are any people in the the new fan group that are there just to keep an eye on things. If they found out that that's what we were doing, there's nothing stopping them from going to their individual clubs and trying to poach players that we were potentially going after as well. So we need to keep it a bit on the down low. Um, and obviously we managed to do that. We've got a brilliant squad because of it. Yeah, and, and I've got to say, I mean, I want to talk a bit about pre-season now. The original pre-season was supposed to be uh, Warrington... Uh, Rockvale and I can't remember the third team. Uh, Sandback was it? Stand, yep, Sandback United. And we ended up playing. Obviously, we played Rockvale, but then we played Bolton. Um, we played against Wrexham. We played against yeah. Doncaster. How did that happen? And and Withenshaw as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That. So that's. I, I can't take any credit for that. All that's Alex Jennings and Chris that have set all that up. Um, two brilliant, brilliant members to have on board the women's team. Um, Alex, uh, just absolutely tireless worker, you know, behind the scenes, making sure that everything just runs smoothly. Um, I can't speak highly enough about the work that he does. But a lot of that is him just messaging, finding people that have got free weeks, free fixtures, sandback folded, so we needed to have a game. And I think that's how we found Doncaster Bells, maybe. Rex, I think, was set up by Chris because he had connections to, to the team before. So... Um, yeah, it was so weird to think that three games in we were playing against the Bolton Wanderers squad and, and five games in we were playing against Ryan Reynolds, Wrexham. It was mental, really, to think about. Um, but, but, I mean, what Chris did really well is just making sure that the girls take it one game at a time. We have some players that have never played against teams as high as that. We've had um, players in there like Jen Jarvie who've played in the, the Welsh Prem where she's used to playing people like that. We've got centre mids in the team like Darcy Tennant who's played against the Barcelona youth team when she was a kid. So we've got such a, a wide range of expertise between them but Chris made sure that it was just a, a sense of them going out there and enjoying the games um, and not putting too much pressure on them which I think is a fantastic sort of um, mentality to have especially at this stage. You, you just mentioned a player there that, that I want to go into a bit more. Um, Darcy Tennant, who scored the first goal in AFC crew history. And when she scored that goal, I've never seen so much joy on someone's face uh, as yours. Why don't you talk us through that moment? Uh, is that the Brookvale game? Yep, that was a Brookvale game. Yeah, I felt sick for about 24 hours before that game. And I, 
when that game kicked off. Well, yeah, you have to think that that was that was nine months of just day in day out. After my actual paid job that finishes, I come home and I'm on the phone and I'm I'm communicating to staff and I'm communicating to players that were trying to sign an existing players and making sure the travels all sorted, making sure that the expenses are right, making sure the ground sorted, but you know all this stuff, making sure every single minor detail has come down to it and of the squad I'd seen about 90% of the players play but I'd never seen them play together I'd never seen them wear a shirt before so this was you know 300 days work that has come down to one moment and when I mean I remember it was T that that kicked us off and as soon as it happened I looked over at Gaz and I said I'm going to throw up and I couldn't watch it 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 was a very difficult few minutes for me because I think as well we started defending quite early on and I was a bit worried that, that all these players that I'd just bigged up to myself was going to go horribly wrong. But um, yeah, I remember I remember Darcy scoring, and it was it was more relief than it was happiness. I think than anything else, because I saw uh, I watched her play um, against Leeds Beckett for Lancaster, and she just she was something just beyond special. Even I managed to get over to listen to her team talk for Lancaster at the time, and the team talk was essentially like, give the ball to Darcy, and Darcy will do what she does. And and uh, you know you've seen you've seen all the way through preseason all the games that you've been to and you've you're seen in the first league game as well. She's a real special talent, but she's one of as many talents that are in that squad anyway. Yeah, I mean one thing I've really enjoyed as well is since Menace came into the squad, um, them two link up really well. You can tell they can play together. Uh, Darcy on the right side of midfield and Menace at right back. You can tell they use each other. They've got great communication, and um, that's been really good to see. Um, but no, just recalling that first game against Brookvale, uh, that was the first time we met actually. I remember you coming into the car. All your gear, your notebook full, writing down notes every two minutes, and, and I've got to say, um, a big congratulations from everyone really at AFC Crew for the work that you've put in, um, and obviously same goes out to a lot of other people behind the scenes. But you're really a, a forefigure to to this to this squad, and now we can actually see them play in competitive games, and we've got our first three points. What was this weekend like for you? Because it's, it's um, massive. Yeah, nerve-wracking. Thank you, thank you for the, the sort of congratulations for it. But it was, it's always nerve-wracking now every week because it's. I, I, I know that it's not exclusively onto onto me, but it doesn't make it feel like it less every time. You know, every time something, not that anything has really gone wrong, but every time there is the chance of something going wrong, it feels like. You know, I always think is there something that I could have done differently? Is there something else we could have sorted here? Is there something else we could have taught here? Um or gone through or explained or found out but <clears throat> so far everything's gone so well um, this weekend um, we played Stockport the week before and we were 2-0 up and I thought we were in a really good position unfortunately it did have to be stopped because of the injury but then when we went into this one when I arrived there it was Mac- I mean, it's Macclesfield so it's, a, it's already quite a big club and it was one that used to be associated with the Macclesfield town I think before they separated so we knew there was going to be a good squad there I didn't really know what to expect. Um, the only thing that I get concerned with is, and although <clears throat> a lot of our players prefer to play on it, but I don't like us, us on the grass pitch as much as I do on an AstroTurf pitch because I think we move the ball around a lot better on, on AstroTurf, although a lot of our players have since told me that they prefer to play on grass, so we might have to have a look at that for another season. But I just think, um, you know, there's a chance for the ball to bubble a little bit more. We play a very nice possession-based game of football, we press really well, um, and I think that it's just one element when you've got a team that haven't played together very much, that you've got a nice flat surface to, to take one element of um, you know, sort of the ball bubbling around away from it um, and we can just play better football but again, it was a really sort of worrying experience at first, I mean, we didn't get the goal until about the 80th minute, so it was a worrying first 10 minutes and then it was just, it looked like we were just waiting to score until about half-time. I don't know how we worked two or three more up at half-time, but then second half came out and the longer it went on, the more the panic started to set in. And I remember looking over to Chris and I said, how long, how long do you think there is left? He went, yeah, about 10, 15 minutes, something like that. And then Kate just took him all past him and pinged it in the top corner and then that's it, nerves are gone. Yeah, it almost felt so casual, that finish as well. I mean, we saw the free kick from, uh, from Katie to win us a Bolton game, actually. Um, so, so we know what she can do uh, and that, that midfield contingent uh, someone I was really impressed with over the weekend and I think I mentioned this earlier um, I did. I will kind of let everyone know I did record the first bit of the podcast about five times um, <laughs> just because being without Ben has been a bit weird um, but I'm sure in one of the recordings I mentioned about Hannah who obviously played for us in the first, the first game and then disappeared 
and um, she came back and when she came off the bench she was um, she brought a different dynamic <laughs> and we've obviously got Darcy um, Katie Sam who's been exceptional yeah. um, so, so that midfield contingent's really kind of helped this team um, I can't really find a weak spot in it um, but but this is the thing I want to talk about what are the expectations almost for this season and we've heard different things off different people we're two game well we're a game and a half into the season now and we've seen what this team is capable of um, are you happy with how we've started and, and where do you think this team can end up? <coughs> yeah, I think I think our team's strong all over the place. We're looking at midfield as well. I've got Lara that's injured at the moment. She's going to be coming back from injury. There's, uh, our midfield's a really strong point, but we've got a really strong defence as well that's got a ton of experience with a lot of players that have played together before in our attack. You know, we scored eight goals in the game before, so I'm, I'm not too worried about that either. Um, in terms of where what our expectations are, we've moved the goalposts on that quite a lot over the over the nine months when we first started, we just wanted to get 11 girls on the field playing football and build it from there. And then after the first couple of, I think our first three signings were probably Darcy, T, and um, I'm trying to think, it was probably then a new player. So um, we got a really, we got a really strong group in immediately, and we we thought actually this team could be really good. But at the time, we were thinking that we were going to be going into the league below. So then we thought we we're going to challenge for that title. And then obviously we ended up in the league above, which changed changed things again because it's one thing challenging for the Cheshire Div One, but when we're in the Prem already, we have to think about what we're after. Um, in terms of expectations, what I want is to just not get relegated because if we get into the next season in this division, we can enter into the FA Cup and that's a, a phenomenal opportunity for for the girls and for the club as well. It's something that we, you know it's another accolade that we can add to our um, you know to our sort of what the word is for it <laughs> to, to our website if nothing yeah. else um, but it's, yeah exactly it's no it's another thing that we can say that we've we've done is we've got into the FA Cup um, the good thing is that even though what I'm doing by not putting pressure on the girls and Chris not putting pressure on the girls and, and hopefully the club not saying no we want X, Y and Z um, is that the girls themselves I mean you had you had the goalkeepers contingent on a couple of weeks ago and they all said we're going to get promoted so I think it's really important that we don't put pressure on them as a board and we don't put pressure on them as a, a club and just enjoy watching them playing football but even if we don't put that pressure on them they've already got that they already hold themselves to a higher regard that they want to get that promotion anyway so whether we whether we put the pressure on them or not they want to be the best that they can be and that's that's why they, they work so well as a as a um, as a squad, because they all they all try and push each other to be the best that they can be, and can't really ask anything more from them. So there's no point in us putting extra pressure on top of them. Yeah, I, th- I think to quote Jen uh, from a few weeks ago, she said that she wants to be winning every game three or four nil. And um, I, I want to talk about Jen as captain really, um, because we spoke to her about it. But she was one of the I'd, I'd probably say early favourites from being on the ground and seeing how she interacted. <coughs> And um, the fact that she's um, she's not able to play at the minute, obviously due to um, things that are having to get registered, etc. Um, yeah. But she's still there week on week, and she's still on the sidelines, and she's cheering the the girls on, and she's she's being a figure that that's true captain material. And how have you felt the dynamic of her actually becoming the official captain has has been in the squad? Um, yeah, I was really happy for her. I think before before we'd even got her. Um, to agree to to sign for it, she was asking if if we'd already appointed the captain or not, and she's she was nineteen at the time, so she actually turned twenty on uh, Sunday. She she came up from Birmingham knowing she wasn't going to play on her birthday just to watch it, so that shows what sort of person she is, and and you know how highly she regards this club, um, and she's again she's phenomenal. I think she's well liked within the club, and I know she's she's liked at Birmingham. Um, anyway, so all the players that she's come up with. Um, all speak really highly of her. You can see that when she's on the field, she she dictates things really well. She communicates really well, um, and she also isn't scared to communicate to Chris or to me or to to Gaz. And she's um, yeah, she she's she's everything that you need from a captain. Really, she she takes things on board when you when you say it to her, and also she speaks to the players and, and makes sure that they're all okay. Um, I don't spend too much time in the changing rooms when the um, preparing before a game after Chris has left, you know, obviously she'll she'll be saying things in the change room to them, but she also gets them out to a huddle before the game starts and she she speaks to them. Same again with with Issy though, she she's exact same mentality. So having both of those around the squad, both you know towards the back of the field where they can sort of give their commands forwards as well, I think is always really important, and and they seem to have a really good relationship between each other as well. So um, they're not stepping on each other's toes; they're just they they they're working 
like a, not codependently, but with a lot of synergy between them. I think that's it's really good to see. Yeah, definitely. And to be fair, it looks like they almost have a leadership group forming. Um, on some Izzy said Jen can play. Um, and Izzy's his car broke down. Yeah. yeah, she decided to take a detour around Bolton. Uh, God knows why, but um, yeah. Um, so we didn't have a captain. I remember walking up to you saying, "Who's captain for today?" And um, your reaction was kind of very. I didn't think of that. Um, and it ended up being Katie. And yeah. And this is the thing we've we've got kind of a, a very strong group, and there's quite a few that you could kind of put a, as captain. But as I said, Jen was kind of on the early favourites, and um, re- really for the next kind of year, obviously circumstances change. As we said, this is a group of university students, so as people leave uni and and get jobs, there's, there is the potential that they don't obviously stay with AFC Korea for journeys too long. Yeah. Um. Do you reckon the recruitment's going to be a yearly thing, or is it just going to be a constant kind of um, we'll keep recruiting, keep finding new talent for the team, and just kind of see how it goes? Well, we, I mean, first of all, I don't think I said I don't, I didn't think of that. I absolutely thought of that. I just said I didn't oh, know right. who it was okay. going to be. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, we've got a really good leadership group in terms of the recruitment from now on. I think. Um, uh, We've got a plan in place. It's one that, again, it's it's one of those ones where I don't want to say too much, just because I don't want it to. If it does, if you know, it only takes one person that's in the in the community or in the chat that's that's not there for the right reasons to to leak it out, and all of a sudden, you know, it, it all falls apart. But it's something that we absolutely have, have considered, and we're what I will say is we're looking at rather than just at university students, we're looking at multiple sources of players where we can recruit them from. Um, I think as well, what's going to be really important is if we do end up moving up the leagues, or at least if we show that we're a, we're a promising the strong side and if we start having positive results then I think a lot of the time players find them you know players find the club which makes things a lot easier for us um on top of that a lot of the players that we have at the moment have you know even like Mena was was is a great example of that Darcy said listen I found a player that I think you'd, you'd be interested in she's played before would you like to bring her along um same thing with with Tahila I said um you know is, are there any players at Salford that you'd recommend recommended Izzy um so so this is being um you know brought in through that and and when i went down to watch a play it sort of confirmed it for me so player recommendations is a is a really good way of doing it um in terms of universities we have got an idea of how we can keep that sort of that not not youth academy but we, we've got a way of renewing that over and over again basically so we're not concerned that if we lose Say five players a season, we won't be able to replenish them because we've we've already put the steps in place for that. But we don't want to go into too much about how we're doing it, just in case it it gets out. So I don't want to be, I don't want to be too secretive if I can. I, I think one player who you can probably talk a little bit about the background story of, um, because it's one that's hard to replicate, is a, a player that you mentioned before, Liv. Um, is obviously coming to the team in a bit of a different method, and um, she's been a bit of a star actually to um, for for her age at least. Yeah, so Liv lives um yeah, so Liv is fifteen at the moment, she turns sixteen um in some of the twenties of October, so it's just under about a month away, something like that. And I am a friend of Liv's dad and I play football with Liv's dad on a Monday night and every now and again she comes down and she'll she'll play with us and she was at Bradford City at the time, so I as a joke one weekend I was like, Oh, I'll have to recruit you onto my team if you work with City. And her dad went, oh, she's not with City anymore. She's um, she's a free agent now. And I thought, oh, would you like to potentially come down to try out for my team? It's in crew. And he went, probably not really. Man. That's a bit far. And so I, I mentioned that it would also help because I could do with a lift. So I'd be able to contribute to some of the um, the travel. And I spoke to live about it. And I said, look, this is the team we've got. This is, this is what we can offer. This is where we're going to have a think about it. I won't put any, any sort of pressure on you. And then I, I basically just, uh, I think I sent a video link of, of one of the games that we played and Liv got immediately on board with it. Her dad got immediately on board with it. Um, Lee has been phenomenal as well, just making sure that she's well enough prepared for it. And also the fan base that they brought with them. I think every single, it's Liv Wakefield. And I think all the Wakefields in the country have come down to watch her play in the first game against Withenshaw. So the... Um, the sort of community aspect that, that her alone as a player has brought down has been phenomenal but she's a really good player she's a really good person um part of a really nice family so to be able to to be able to offer this and and somewhere where she wasn't enjoying the football before and now you know her family's spoken really highly about how she played and how she felt and how the family found the club as well which i think is really important that we 
we um, we showed what what sort of what we can offer as a club, and I think that, that they they all bought into the project um, as a family, which is really nice to see. Brilliant, and I'm going to ask you a bit of a life question now. What's your favourite thing about the match day? Uh, Full time whistle if we keep winning. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I like I like going to the different. Um, there's a couple of really nice away games, so we're going to be going to the leasing stadium at some point. So I'm looking forward to getting there. But I think I think if we get the first goal, that's generally tend to be my favourite part because I'm just a bag of nerves before then. Um, enjoy warming the keepers up and things. Um, but but even then, I, you know, it's, my memory of it's quite hazy because I'm just too busy concentrating on keeping my own nerves under control. Never never mind theirs. Brilliant. And um, we have seen already some very very um, cinematic pictures of you from Judy. Do you reckon we get some <laughs> more of them across the season? I hope not. Some of them I look like a young Ian Rush, and it's been in my mind ever since. That's uh, the worst comparison I think I've ever had in my life. Um. So, I mean, if, if she's willing to take more photographs, I'll certainly take a hold of them and look great on the CV. But I think the more important bit is they're getting some nice photos of the players, some nice photos of the, the stadiums that they're going to be going to. And um, most importantly, some photos of some goals would be, would be pretty good as long as we can keep those coming in. I don't, I don't mind how many pictures of my, my mug comes up. And one other thing I wanted to ask about as well, um, and this is kind of a very relevant topic as well with, with women's football in particular, <coughs> is AFC Crew are a team that are giving equal resources to both teams, something we only really see from Lewis, um, who are a bit higher up the leagues. How do you think that system's really worked, and, and what's the backing from AFC Crew been like in your kind of perception for, for the women's team? Yeah, it's, it's been really good, and I think it's been really important that um, there's been a couple of votes where it's... You know, it said, can we, you know, can we offer X, can we offer Y, can we offer Z? And every single time the board come back and, and follow through with exactly what they said, we we set out with a philosophy of, and this is what, what enticed a lot of players to join, is that we wanted to offer them equal opportunities at everything. Um, the same thing, anything that the men's get, the women's get um, as well. And, and we stayed true to our word, and that's that's been incredibly important because it's been 90% of the sales pitch that I've given out. We've tried to get a player on board, and it's... It's a shame that it's it's even something that we have to, to sell because we'd want it to be like that anyway. Um, but I mean, the the way that we're the way that we're doing it is is very um, I'm trying to think of the right word really. We it's it's equal. It's ethical. It's it's the way that we should be doing it. You know, the the, the men's are in step nine. The women's are in step seven. The the pyramid's smaller for the women, so they're in about the same position. And and for that they should be treated the same, and that's the same as what we've been able to do. But to be able to provide that opportunity and get the feedback from the girls that we've got back is it makes it all worth it. At the end of the day, um, I think that to be able to to show them what we can offer and to be able to to deliver on it as well is is why I signed up for it and why I'm a part of it and why I've bought into the women's side so much. Brilliant. And we've, we've heard from the men's team quite a lot of different almost expectations of, of where we could peak in the football pyramid, but we've never really spoke about that with the women's. And obviously it's a different pyramid, there's different kind of funding structure. Uh, do you think there is a, a ceiling almost for AFC crew in the women's pyramid, or is it just to see where we go? <coughs> um, I don't know. I, I really don't know how, how high the ceiling is. I wouldn't want to put a ceiling on there. Um, for them because I'm not the person that's going to be on the pitch at the end of the day. I think that it's certainly higher than where we are now at some point, but the it's a double-edged sword. The good news is that there is more money being put into women's football. The bad news is it's come at a bad time for us because we <coughs> only have so much and I don't think we can start offering players, you know, two and a half grand, three grand a week. So I think um, I think there's maybe a... Uh, a glass ceiling that, that, that there is for us at the moment, a couple of leagues higher, but there's no reason that we can't smash through it in the future. So yeah. I think at the moment, as long as we just keep on taking it one game at a time, um, letting Chris do what Chris does incredibly well, as we've seen, and letting the players do on the pitch what they've been doing, all we can do is just support them to the best that we can and give them you know, what they what they require, not necessarily going wild and out of budget, but the good thing about this squad and about this you know, coaching and management team is that they don't ask for anything absurd. They, they only ask for things that they require and a lot of the time. You can see why why we need, you know, the things that we need and it's it's 
it's only paid off positively so far. So as long as we keep, you know, keep on doing what we're doing, the the rewards are still still showing for us. Definitely, and I think that's a very very good place to leave it. So yet again. Thank you so much, Charlie, for, for coming on to the podcast today. I know it's been a bit of a different one, but but the work that you do, and uh, when we see you every every Sunday, uh, where you're very, very focused head on, um, it does mean a lot to all, all of us. And I know the women's team are extremely grateful for the work you do. Um, we've heard nothing but great things, and I'm very excited, as are a lot of people, to see what goes on this season and beyond. So, yes, again, thank you, Charlie. And as we say every week, keep on chugging.